Hello and welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zarati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press and multimedia producer Aaron Labar. And welcome to the show, episode 40. I know. We are going to be talking about, it's kind of like a, a tech-focused episode today, I would say. In a way, yes. Because we're going to be talking about the Instant Pot. Yes. The small appliance of 2017 yes. that, that I finally tried this week. And we tried out a little recipe for the show as well that we will fill you in on in mere moments. Yeah. Um, we're also going to be talking about smartphone addiction since that seems to be the topic of many, like it's kind of a litany of think pieces and columns. Well, it's and just so prevalent. Yeah. And now there's like books coming out about this generation's tech dependency. So mm-hmm. it seems to be, so we're going to talk about just, you know, our personal phone habits and also what did we do this week? We went to raw almond. Well, we went last week. Oh, yes. Um, and so we're going to talk about our experience there. One day I will understand when how this time podcast works. is recorded and how time works. So how was your week, Erin? Um, uh, it was okay. I'm having some health issues. I have a fractured foot, which is really painful. Yeah. And it seems like the jury's been kind of in and out on that. (laughs) Yeah. So I've had pain in my right foot since, well, I don't know, October. But I kind of am the kind of person that just ignore. If if I'm I'm not crippled, if I'm not like literally unable to walk, I'm fine, right? That is your eastern european <laughs> heritage <laughs> I, <laughs> coming into i know and so when we were in quebec city i'm going up and down these hills when i go back to the hotel room my i literally like my foot felt like it was gonna fall off it was and then so you painful were like something's afoot <laughs> yes ha very funny um but then i still waited another two weeks went to a walk-in clinic misdiagnosed as a, like a sprained foot which was something i didn't know could happen <laughs> Seems uh, legit. Yeah. Then I finally went when I, when the drugs that he gave me did nothing. I went to my actual doctor and she's like, X-ray. Now I've been for two X-rays. Um, the X-ray lady seems to think it's not cracked. Both the other doctors think it is cracked. So oh man, I'm waiting now for the results of the second X-ray to see if I have to be boot bound for four to six weeks, perhaps eight weeks. That's tough. Yeah. I I hope you're not. Me too. Boot bound. I'd be irate. But I also hope that you. Get a quick resolution to your pain. At the same time, I stink because <laughs> I'm trying to switch over to a natural deodorant. Yes. Because I don't really want to get cancer from aluminum in my deodorant. Yeah, that's kind of been... Uh, you're not the first female friend in my life so to tr- make yeah. the switch. I've tried a few different ones. They did was unsuccessful, but I started this new brand. It's called Native um, at the recommendation of some of my friends who use it. I think it's out of the States. It's a little expensive. It's $12 a stick. It smells amazing. But what are some of the flavors? I have the van- vanilla coconut. Oh, nice. There's like a lavender one. There's some citrusy ones. There's one that's, I believe, just unscented. I would eat all of that except for unscented. So it's 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 correct to call them flavors, I feel. And yeah, you probably can eat them because they're not natural. natural. Yeah. But it takes your body time, I think about two weeks, to kind of process the toxins of the other non-natural deodorants that you were wearing. Right. So I'm in the middle of that two-week stink fest. (laughs) So I find myself reapplying like three times a day, which is making my armpits really itchy. So I'm hoping that at the end of the two weeks, I will be not itchy, not stinky, and fully transitioned into natural deodorant. (laughs) 
I, if it helps, I don't think you stink at all. That's great. You're also sitting pretty far away from me. And but I've, I've been <laughs> next to you. Yeah, it's true. And I haven't. And I was going to say the instant, the smell of the instant pot creme brulee, like egg farts. <laughs> yeah. is probably drowning anything else out. So for the purposes of this episode of Bury the Lead, we thought we would test out an instant pot recipe. Yes. Um, because I wrote a column last week about instant pots because they're everywhere. And they're the best. And I feel like some people, you either are in love with your instant pot and you're already a member of the instant pot cult or you've never heard of this thing. Right. Um, so a little background on the instant pot. It's a, a seven in one kitchen appliance. It's a slow cooker, pressure cooker, sautés. It does everything. And it makes yogurt. And it makes <laughs> yogurt, which is something that everybody will evangelize at you. About. I will like, never make yogurt. In no, I will pot. never make yogurt either. And also, okay. So I learned cause everyone was like, you can make yogurt with it, which I'm never going to do. But I found out that kind of like sourdough bread, you have to basically inoculate the milk with yogurt that you've bought. Yeah, you st- yeah, you still have to purchase yogurt. So you have to buy yogurt so just to maybe make eat yogurt. the yogurt that you bought. So doesn't that make the Instant Pot like a yogurt photocopier, basically? Basically, yes. Like, and don't yogurt companies be like, hey, wait a sec. You're going to get a lot of angry emails from Instant Pot fans. You know what? Bring I don't it care. on. That is, I have questions. I have, the Instant Pot is not so above criticism. I made, so here's the sales pitch I can work with. My friend Anna told me that she made mac and cheese in four minutes. And I was like, okay, that I can do. So I found a recipe for four minute mac and cheese. There's several recipes for four minute mac and cheese. I used one from delish.com and it was delish.com. It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, new to the world of Instant Pot cooking, I feel like they're, playing a little fast and loose with the term instant oh yeah you have to you have to wait, 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 have to for, wait for the pressure to get in there and then then it cooks and then you have to wait for it to depressurize exactly so the cooking time was four minutes but i feel like but i feel like all said it still would take pretty quick yeah as long to make craft dinner and this was way better because it tasted like a Real proper yeah yeah a like proper back and cheese that like as if i had made like a roux and everything else like right it was great. So we decided to try doing a creme brulee mm-hmm. because I'm wary of the Instant Pot's um, ability to bake things and do sweet stuff. Yeah. Which it, there's a cake function. There is it. a cake function. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we made creme brulee that's it's currently chilling in the freezer. It's currently chilling. But what we do want to say is that it's dang. It is. Yeah. And they're, like you have to like, fill the Instant so Pot with bad. water and put the ramekins in it. So it's not like you make creme brulee on a filling trivet. in the yeah. Instant Pot. You have to set yeah. the ramekins on a tray. tray. Trivet. A trivet. Yeah. Um, so there's like a bunch of disgusting water now. And as we were depressurizing it, we both looked at each other and we're like, that doesn't smell good. It smells like egg farts. Yeah. It yeah. smells like someone's so, like just egg butts. A, a, a breath of vanilla a whisper of vanilla yeah so we'll see but we'll see we'll you later see in the show when we yeah taste well, we're gonna circle back to this yeah we did something fancy we totally did something fancy so a few episodes ago we were talking about raw almond and kind of how we can't afford to go yeah <laughs> And, you know, paying for experiences, right? right? And what experiences we decide are worth paying right. for or not. Um, so we had realized that the Free Press had never actually written a column about raw almond. and like so an experiential yeah. piece. Yeah. So raw almond, of course, is the pop-up restaurant on the river um, that is in its sixth year. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandel Hitzer from Deer and Almond and Joe Kilternick, who is a architect, team te- like teamed up for the first one. This was back in 2013, and they were like, 
what if we had, you know, a fine dining tasting room on the river? Right. And people were like, that's a crazy idea. But sure, let's give it a go. Let's give it a go. Um, tickets to that one and since have been like, clearly the idea resonated with people because it has been a sellout. It has attracted international attention. Mm-hmm. It's been written up everywhere. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. So they've kept do- kept on doing it. It's expanded. So this year was the first year that saw um, Raw Gim- Gimli. And Gimli and Churchill. So, yeah, and Churchill. Well, Churchill was last year as Churchill, well. Churchill, yeah. yeah. So... It's uh yeah it's cool and they brought the concept to Tokyo, oh as well I didn't know that one. in the fall, um so yeah so, so we went this big thing that happens in our city that we had never done so we went, um we our chef was Christy Peters she is the chef and owner of two restaurants in Saskatoon, Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. so her menu is very Saskatchewan focused very like organic natural from the earth to the earth yes lots of lots of saskatchewan ingredients so like winter rose hips and saskatoon berries definitely saskatoon berries (laughs) what did you think of the food uh okay so i went with jen to this um for the purpose of reporting back to people like me who are not adventurous eaters at all and to kind of decipher whether it's worth paying that money for the experience alone if you are not going to have your mind blown by the food um I ate everything you did eat everything I I ate everything that that. was served to me I ate it because I went with a very open mind you did good job there was nothing that I was like (laughs) like spitting (laughs) spitting out you know like I I ate everything I enjoyed most things a couple things you know but that's with any meal right there's always going to be a couple things that aren't quite your to your taste um I don't know if I would go back. For me personally, it's not worth the hundred and seventy whatever dollars with yeah. with tax and tip and all that stuff. And then to purchase alcohol on top of that, you're looking at like a two hundred dollar night easily. Oh, definitely per plate, definitely. And you know, for, yeah. So for me, not necessarily worth the cost. And also, I don't want to take a much coveted seat away from someone who would so thoroughly enjoy that experience. Good, good review. Yeah. Um, I kind of approached it from a different angle. I'm not necessarily, I don't consider myself a foodie necessarily, but I am quite an adventurous eater. And I also worked at a food magazine for a little bit of time, Mm -hmm. um, which expanded my palate big time just because you had to eat all kinds of things. Um, So I think that if you're interested in food and interested in, and you are an adventurous palate, Mm -hmm. I think it's worth it. Yes. Um, and I also think the experience itself is really cool. Like it is very neat. Yeah. It's, you know, like you kind of forget that you're, we, I mean, we weather wise had such a nice it night. Was, yeah. But minus 11. Yeah. 12, which in yeah. January in Winnipeg is pretty good. Yeah. So we were able to actually take off our coats. Yeah. You kind of forget that you're on the river until totally. you look at the ground and it's yeah. ice. Or yeah. you venture off the black skating mats, which they and tell you to slip and die. And yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> which they explicitly recovered. tell you not to do. So <laughs> <laughs> let us hang up your jacket. Yeah. Um, and I like that it's communal seating. Like you definitely make friends and, it's kind of I was very charmed by the whole thing like I left feeling and just being in the forks and I wrote a column about this as you also wrote a thing about it as well for the paper that came out on Saturday but um I was very charmed by the whole experience just being as part of the larger infrastructure of the forks now it's just just so bustling all the time like it was a Wednesday night there were so many people and we had a late seating and there was still so many people skating the common was packed Packed like full we couldn't even find a seat yeah so i just 
I feel like raw almond is really part of a larger winter renaissance in town mm-hmm. where people seem to be getting out and actually embracing. Well, it also and doesn't it. hurt that the last three weeks have been mild yeah. for our standards. That's for sure. So that doesn't hurt. Um, but I think it's cool to have things that we can really only do. Yeah. There's not many cities that can have a river trail, for example, with warming huts, which in their own right are architectural delights as well of course um there's not many cities that would be able to sustain a river pop-up you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's because it hasn't been i think a lot of people um i think even if raw almond was a one-off people would be like that's a success because it was a cool thing and they did it the fact that it's in its sixth year and and still selling out by all accounts will go for many more years um yeah, I just think it's really cool. And I think it's something that really only Winnipeg can do. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, um, and I wrote this in my column as well. It's nice. I mean, Winnipeg gets attention all the time, like getting outside attention, whatever. Like we get negative attention, positive attention, whatever. Um, I think events like this earn outsiders admiration, which mm-hmm. is different. Attention's cheap, but admiration where people are like, hey, that's really cool. And that doesn't exist in many places. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Um, so especially in t- for our arts and culture scene specifically. Because yeah. I think a lot of the attention we get is sports related. Totally. So it's nice for our sort of cultural side of things to get get some nods from other places. Absolutely. Especially because I think the culinary scene Booming. is so strong. Yeah. And also artists and architects who mm-hmm. are building and creating cool things too. So it's kind of a nice marriage and the fact that it's attracting. So there are, um, like Christy Peters, there are chefs who come in to Rolleman from other places, other places, but there's also a lot of local chefs. Yeah. So it's also, and the people are just as excited for the local chefs totally. as they are for the, yeah. the out of towners. So I found it to be like a nice intimate bonding experience over. And we had really nice food. people at our table. We did have nice people at our table. And yeah, I think it's one of those events that just kind of has that, unifying thing which i think a lot of those events are often reserved for the summer so it's kind of nice to like get out and socialize with people Mm -hmm. as you would at like a jazz fest or a folk fest but Mm -hmm. in winter so yeah yeah um moving on cell phones cell phones so i definitely instagram the shit out of my raw and i actually didn't take any pictures except for i just said jen text me your pictures and then i didn't i'm sorry I, i don't know i just when i'm out and about taking pictures is like the last thing on my mind i it's normally when I'm on a trip, I will make a point of it more. And then yeah. usually people who I'm with who are annoyed at the time will be like, thanks for taking pictures so that I have memories too. Yeah. Um, but because I felt like kind of a tourist in my hometown on Wednesday night, I was a little bit making more of a point of it. Um, but yeah, I have been kind of thinking over the last few weeks about my relationship with my smartphone mm-hmm. and how like I deleted both the Twitter app and the Facebook app from my phone, Okay, which felt like a pretty big deal. Because I was like, I'm spending entirely too much time on these apps. Oh, yeah. And like, I'm I don't do, I hate Twitter. So I'm I, I'm not on Twitter very much at all. I would prefer not to be on Twitter. Um, I would prefer not to be on anything, to be honest. Like, I'm getting to the point where the negatives are outweighing the positives. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's still times where I have fun on Facebook, for example. Like, when I was soliciting people's Instant Pots. Like, yeah, yeah. why do you love your Instant Bot? Like, it ended up being like a pretty fun and enjoyable thread. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it's just like, can I seriously not make it through a half hour sitcom without looking at my phone? Like, that's bad. I'm so guilty for that, too. Yeah, I like, I have this game that I'm addicted to on my phone. So when I'm watching TV, <laughs> I'll be playing the game. And then I'm like, and then I'll literally have my laptop open, like my phone in my hand and yeah. the TV going. I'll be like, like, what is wrong with me? I'll be scrolling through my phone in front of an open laptop with like a million tabs of like. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like it's all not worthwhile. Like, I like reading 
articles and columns and whatever but, but this like has now become like a cultural yeah and i've noticed trend, problem yeah concern i've noticed that people seem a little bit more concerned about it like i've read there was a piece in the globe and mail that i read about like <laughs> the headline was fairly baiting it's like your sm- smartphone is making you stupid antisocial and unhealthy so why can't you put it down and it's like why can't i put it down and like other addictive substances it gives you that hit of dopamine so for sure you know we want the likes and you get a and text the... and you get a notification totally yeah so it kind of gives you that it lights up your brain the same way like that someone cares what i'm doing exactly yeah uh, the same way that any other addictive <laughs> substance. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. the same. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And then it's also creating all these problems where people are like literally falling off cliffs to get a selfie or walking into traffic because they're scrolling through their phone. I saw in New York, they have the, um, the sort of metal storage doors on the street that mm-hmm. businesses use to get into the basement and take their stock and stuff. And I saw a yeah. lady texting and walk right into a right down the like she oh fell into the storage thing like the, the doors were open because they were moving produce oh in God. and she fell down the stairs into the thing she like really hurt herself well i guess but so. i was like i kind of don't feel that bad for you because <laughs> you were so into your phone that you didn't notice this giant hole in the ground a big thing that i look at on my phone is just like gifts of people falling so it's <laughs> <laughs> very meta <laughs> um but yeah so it's kind of I, i've just been more aware of it and also like the emergence of a whole bunch of health problems like text neck from looking down at your phone like i did see something about that in a beauty magazine yeah so it just I, lord knows the last thing i need is another chin let me tell you that much <laughs> i'll tell you that for free um so yeah so it's just all this to say it's made me kind of think about my own relationship with my smartphone so some of the things that I am trying to do more is just like leaving my phone like in a room in a separate room Mm -hmm. or not having it on me like when I eat meals the yeah I get annoyed when when we're out for dinner with friends and people are on their phones like can like there's really nothing that urgent because it does fragment your attention oh it absolutely does and it just you're not fully present with the people that you're with and it also I think gives the other people that you're with the impression that you'd rather be somewhere else exactly and i find it incredibly rude yeah or like when you're in and i'm guilty of this too bringing my phone into like our weekly arts meeting Mm -hmm. like so i'm gonna start leaving it at my desk and like just making notes with my pen because that's another thing i think people make excuses where they're like well my phone is where i keep all my notes or my phone is my alarm clock it's like well it doesn't doesn't need to be though like my, i use my phone as my alarm clock but what happens is the first thing that i look at is i have the same the clock radio that i was gifted as a small child in like probably 1997 so does, 98 so does nick, my husband it plays my grandpa CDs. gave it to me oh no mine is literally just a clock radio and i got it for christmas alongside a, a side of smoked bacon and i was eight <laughs> years incredible. old i believe <laughs> eight or nine years old um, i was very happy I also would like to invest in a watch because I don't like relying on my phone for the time anymore. Having a watch honestly changed my life for that reason. Because like, what if your phone dies and you just don't know what time it is? Like, what kind of human yeah. is that? It's also nice I don't want to live that way. Look at your wrist. Right. And remember how to tell time. on a Well, I'm not really concerned about that. Service, but. but but it's amazing how many people are like losing that skill. Just like same with handwriting. Like what a world we live in. I know. So I don't know, though, that I necessarily subscribe to like phones are ruining our lives and sort of the, the doomsday tone that a lot of these pieces take you know what i mean uh, i feel like as with everything moderation can be achieved i just have to figure out what that looks like for me
So for our final segment, we're going to do something new. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> we're going to play a game. Yay, games. Um, so Aaron and I were talking about how um, particularly male country artists all have two first names. Two first names now. So of course, I mean, like one of the OGs is Randy Travis. Of course. So it's not really like a new but thing. But I feel like it's way more prevalent now yeah. than it was. So I've made up a little quiz for you. Okay, I'm ready. So it's real country artists that have two first names. Yeah. Or people I made up. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah, I have to guess which one's which. Yeah. Okay. Jake Owen. That sounds like so real. I'm going to say that's a real person. It is. Okay, good. That's one. I think. <laughs> I can't remember. You didn't write it down which one was I which. I did, but I don't. Re- I can't read my own key. I can't remember if the ones that I starred are fake or the ones that I starred are real. So hold on. Jake Owen. Jake Owen. Yes. Jake Owen is an American singer-songwriter. Okay. Jake Owen is real. Brad Earl. <laughs> I feel like that's probably a real singer as well. That's fake. Okay. <laughs> I that's, think is he Justin Towns Earl's <laughs> uncle, Brad? That is a name that I made up. <laughs> but I've been finding that if you Google some of these names, they are people, just aren't They're just country, country singers. They're, you know. So this guy worked in like, he's a registered architect. Oh, Brad hi, Brad. Earl. Uh, this one you'll you'll know Luke Bryan. Well, yeah, that's he's, that's he's, a legit. He's, he's the like one that... he's like the biggest country star right now. Cash Austin. Oh, jeez. <laughs> For his sake, I hope that's a fake name, but I'm gonna say that's a real person. No, I made that up so hard. <laughs> Cash Austin. There's no way that's a person. <laughs> I don't know. Toby Keith. Okay, well that's a real person. Correct. Jackson Grady. Oh, jeez. Who would name their kid Grady? Mm, I'm going to say that one's fake. You're right, but Grady Jackson is a football player. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a thing I learned because I Googled. Billy James. Oh, jeez. I'm going to say that one's fake. Oh, you're right. It is fake. And Charles Kelly is the final. I'm going to say real. Yes, real. Oh, you did pretty good. Thanks. But it was pretty hard, eh? That was hard. <laughs> I was hoping that you would use Phil Phillips. Oh, that would have been a good Phillips one. Phil Phillips from American Idol, which I thought was a fake person until <laughs> I saw his name on the little caption underneath. So if you're listening and you have other ideas for quizzes that we can <laughs> give each other, please uh, get in touch with us. All right. Now we're going to try uh, the creme brulee that we made in the Instant Pot. Yeah. So traditionally, creme brulee actually takes a fair amount of time it does. to make. Because you have to like let it steep and then it has to bake for like 30 minutes and then cool, cool off, blah, blah, blah. This 10 minutes was the cooking time in the Instant Pot. Yes. Plus the pressurizing, Plus the pressurizing and depressurizing. Yeah. And you're supposed to let it chill for quite a while, but we just threw it in the freezer. Yeah. And it seemed to be just fine. We also had our inaugural use of a baking torch. I don't know if you've, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you've ever used one before. I have not. No, me neither. No, I'm not a fan of fire. It was like weirdly mesmerizing. And now we're going to taste this. Yeah. But I'm going to say first, we watched the video on how to do this. And the man who, the chef, I suppose, in the video was a fan of breathing very heavily into the microphone. <sighs> like that. <sighs> now I'm going to taste it. And then he made really gross noises while he was eating it. And we're not going to do We're not going to do that. No. Oh, right. check out that sound. I it know. Good it with sounds the brulee. like creme brulee. Now let's hope this doesn't just taste like egg. He's okay. It's still pretty warm. I feel like it needs more vanilla. I agree. And I feel like it'd be better if we let them chill for like an hour. Yeah. It does taste pretty eggy though. Mm-hmm. But it's not bad. No. 
Yeah. I was just expecting it to be like more creamy. I think, again, if we had chilled it for the proper amount of time, it probably would have been. It probably would have set like set much better. So, but I feel like this is like a solid 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I would do it again. I would try it again for sure. Yeah. Uh, what are you working on, Jen? I'm just going to keep eating this. Um, What am I working on? Oh, I'm talking to a woman who wrote a self-help book. Uh-huh. Um that uh, she's born in winnipeg and it's just about how like just basically helping you get shit done by doing less so you can accomplish more okay it's aaron faulkner so i'm talking to her next week um on my end it's poutine week this week mm-hmm. so just as we did for the burger week in the summer we have put our crack team together and we'll be doing a poutine crawl through saint boniface on thursday and you can look forward to reading all of our thoughts on the four restaurants that we're going to. Yes. Much like our burger call, we'll be evaluating the poutine and using number various of different criteria. criteria including, yeah. you know, fry sog and cheese curd quality. Exactly. And faithfulness to the traditional. Um, you can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen's, Jen's Ratty on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nye Rabble also on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>